Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes 3 extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. What's still meatball? My continues to be Ron. Uh, how we doing, everybody? I'm Robert Evans. This is Behind the Bastards, a podcast about Ronathan DeSantis. With me again, Cody Johnston, Katie Stoll. How do you guys hey. think your lives would be different <laughs> if your last names were reversed? Ooh, Stoll Katie. No, no, no. If you were if you Cody were Katie Stoll. Johnston Katie and you were Cody Stoll. Oh, in a way. I feel like you'd be called mm. Cody Stoley a lot. Cody Stoley probably. Yeah, yeah I that, like that. that would have been your college nickname, like because of because of the mm-hmm. vodka. Like, oh yeah, that's Cody Stoley. Well why yeah. well why was yeah. that not why was that not Katie Stoley's nickname? Because that oh. would not be appropriate. Oh, doesn't Katie Stoley appropriate. doesn't yeah. sound right to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, nope. people called me Stoley. Just stole in college because that Stoli. would be like a cool, yeah, you know. Um, I think Katie uh, J would be a nice nickname. Katie J, Katie cool. J, yeah, Katie J is Katie J solid. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'd go by that. Doing I think I'd be work. a very different person if I'd grown up with that as my nickname, Katie J. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think if I had a solid that Cody stole too, I think I'd be different too. It's yeah, like, uh, totally different. You no, know? yeah. yeah, you would be working for the Daily Wire right now. Mm-hmm. Um. Before we get into Ron DeSantis, I've I've just found a list of Gen Z slang terms, uh, and Ooh. in order to uh, mm-hmm. to boost our appeal with the the youth demographic, oh, I'm gonna no. I'm gonna key you in on some of these on some of these slang words. Google's uh. AI has correlated them from a mix of mommydaddy.com, uh, mental floss, and parade. So you know this is the oh. best information on Gen Z. Well um, researched. Wait, is this an article or is this like a Google search? It's, uh, it like... appears to be. Yeah, this is just like the Google search result for Gen Z God. slang list because I was trying to just, stay cool. Yeah, it's, it's just it's become great. Falling falling apart. So <laughs> number three on the list is S I C slash S I C K. Just these are the two spellings of sick that Gen Z of kids sick. do. It means oh, sure. next level cool. So not just normal cool. Uh-huh. That's good. Mm. Uh, obviously, salty means bitter or angry. Liddy, again, exciting or wild once more. Liddy, Liddy is 
It's something I've heard. That has seeped its way into mm-hmm. I just wider use, usage. I just used I, that. I know. That's what made you me look it. this up. I used yeah. it this morning to describe sure. myself last night. Does that, so. mean nope. I'm, does that mean I'm hashtag cool? Oh, yeah. Truly. Yeah. Or no, we're, there we're, is no cap, yeah. Sophie, or on, on your coolness. Those, these words are no longer cool. Yeah, no. I've, I've ruined it. I mean, if also Google is it, collating right. it with... I'm personally pissed at this because dope is number two. And like, oh, that's not a Gen Z term. That's, 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 no, that's that well, is, well before Gen I've Z. I've been saying it for a long time. People yeah. before me had been saying it for a long time. Yeah. I feel like that's like an ex-millennial what cusp What else do they term. have? There's got to be something good. Uh, they got Gucci. Right. I do feel like that's solidly Gen, Gen Z. Yeah. Yeah. They've got the, they've yeah. got, they've usage, got the yeah. word Riz. They do have What's the word that Riz. That is Riz. not on this list. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, is like, is there anything on the list that's like no. correct no. or like useful? No, like everything that AI puts together, it's a piece of shit. They don't uh, even have Riz. That's so Riz, weird. It, it, yeah, okay. they what don't have Riz. Riz. They don't have no cap. They don't have any of that. Charisma. Riz, Riz. Based isn't on here. Riz is Gen Z shortening charisma. Like, you yeah. Have swa- oh. You have swag. You have Riz. Yeah. It's more like in the context of like flirting. Yeah. Uh, but uh, it is short for charisma. Anyway, this has been Gen Z Corner where we uh, age we ourselves. Show up our, our, our credentials <laughs> with the with the youngins. Uh, with the with the wee ones, we might, did it work? We might listen back to this <laughs> so, and go, "Wow, we should cut this on account yeah, of how all of we this. sound so old." All right, I mean, people have been complaining a lot about Gen Z on Twitter lately about them being, yeah. you know, prudes, not liking sex and things and stuff, and watching I, movies weird, watching movies weird. I just rewatched the original Bad News Bears with Walter Matthau, and I think the solution is we got to get cigarettes back in kids' hands. Like yeah. vapes aren't oh, doing yeah. it. We got to get them smoking. We got to get yeah. them smoking. Uh, sh- uh, shortcut. We can just put them back in the mines. Put them back in the mines. Just that? as just I mean, as good well, for the, the lungs. Yeah. Okay. Same so thing. That's the and we get some work done to, to fuck up their lungs. It's not to make them look cool or make them generally cooler. Okay. Yeah. I mean, either way, can, just put I, them yeah. in the mines. <laughs> yeah. Put I was them hoping in the for mines. more cheap labor, but if we if we want to make them cool, then I guess give them cigarettes. Fine. Excellent. So, uh, we are back, and uh, let's, let's. We are. We are on top of spaghetti, all covered in cheese, all covered in a meatball, <laughs> a meatball made of Ron. So, yum, yeah, yum. Okay. I have yum. to find my that place. Handsome, handsome <laughs> meatball. That's right. Often described as handsome meatball, uh, Ron. I've, is running I have president. not stopped thinking about that. To be honest, I mean, I have. But it's been several days since last we met. Yeah. Discussed Mr. Ronald. Uh, and Ronathan. Yeah. Ronathan. Apologies. I just can't believe it. Anyway, I've spent yeah. too much time talking about yeah. his Why can't you believe face. it? <laughs> so Ron was 33 years old when he went on his first political campaign. Uh, running for an open district that your party dominates is a pretty sweet spot for for a, a politician trying to break into the national level. This is kind of the easiest way you can possibly start in in national politics. And the only stumbling block between him and this first step on the ladder up towards the presidency was the Republican primary, right? Because there's just not going to be a general election competition. He wins the primary. The seat is his. And luckily for Ron, his competition were all utter non-entities. So all he had to do to succeed was make himself into somebody. 
He opted for the smart play here and decided that rather than focusing on his opponents, he would run against President Obama. This was at the height, and we're talking 2012 here, so this is kind of like a little past maybe the peak of influence for the Tea Party, but it's it's still like the big name in Republican po- politics at the moment. And Ron leaned hard into that movement. He patterned himself specifically off of Ted Cruz. That was his. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! No wonder he's so that familiar. That makes so much sense. Yeah, oh my right? God. Uh huh. Yeah. Oh, equally likable men. <laughs> That's so Perplexing. funny. Yeah. That's so funny. That like, I see I, it. I, he's all I see when thinking about him uh, is Ted Cruz. That's so funny. Yeah. It's on yeah. purpose. What a, it is. And I think he's, idea. he's just as doomed as old Teddy. That's so funny. And you get the same thing too, where like his, his coworkers, no one will say a nice word about Ron as a person, right? Who works with him. Um, oh yeah. Why would he's, you? He's just deeply unlikable. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, he uh, he starts attacking uh, Obama's record. He runs primarily on dismantling the Affordable Care Act, ending gun control, you know, border shit, all that good Republican jazz. Uh, it was not. <laughs> Did an he over- do any of that? Uh, I mean. Not really, no. Uh, it, it was not a creative line of attack, uh, nor did it set him apart from the pack. But it was enough. He, he kind of is, is good enough at sort of leaning into these big conservative uh, uh, targets that he gets attention from the, the usual pack of right-wing funders, these different sort of uh, think tanks and, uh, and packs and whatnot, like Freedom Works and the Club for Growth, who mm-hmm. fund all of the really awful conservative candidates that have made life so so colorful in our democracy of late. Ron also makes a habit of showing up at Tea Party rallies, and he's able to build a reputation for himself as an economic wonk. Another model that he really embraces is Paul Ryan, right? So, like, he's he's trying Ugh. to do that. He, he really yeah. does. It's so like his really instincts are so both. bad nationally. Honestly. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. You can Perfect. see it. It's Perfect. It's so funny, especially like obviously, you know, hindsight and all that. But to to model yourself after uh after Ted Cruz and Paul Ryan and now try to beat Donald Trump in an election, this is very funny. It That's not funny. gonna happen, my man. You picked the two wrong guys. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He really did like pick the exactly wrong dudes. Now, kind of the one uh, intelligent thing he did is he also leans into Glenn Beck's shtick of portraying himself as a historian. This is like a big part of early Ron DeSantis. And he's he's really um, kind of patterning himself specifically on this style of like conservative media dude who uh, mm-hmm. uh, rewrites history in order to make political points. Key to this strategy is self-publishing his first book, Dreams from Our Founding Fathers. The title, uh, as in everything else about Ron, was a direct snipe at President Obama, uh, particularly Obama's pre-election memoir. But the content was more in line with the work of pop history big-name right-wing media stars like Bill O'Reilly, Glenn Beck, and Rush Limbaugh, all of whom had started publishing history books. Now, Ron's self-published book does not hit the bestseller list. He he seems to have made less than $6,000 in sales, which is not bad for an independent book. Well, he wasn't as self-published. Yeah. Mm. And he's, I guess he's not as uh, known as he is now. No, yeah, it wasn't like a, a, it wasn't a I, star. I am thinking, I am thinking of it in terms of right now, but. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's not like, it's certainly not a big deal, but the book is a success in a different way, which is that 
he's able to take copies of it with him when he goes to speak at Tea Party rallies. And even if they don't sell, the fact that he's sort of setting himself up as one of these guys who shows up Mm -hmm. with their like self-published manifestos at Mm -hmm. Tea Party rallies, that makes him feel like he's one of them, right? Like that's a, he's this very highly educated Yale guy who is like, has been previously tied to the kind of most austere chunks of the Republican Party. And showing up with your self-published like manifesto at a Tea Party rally is a great way to make like make them feel like you're one of them, you know? Absolutely. Um, So we should probably talk about this book a little bit because it shows off Ron's very consistent obsession with a narrow chunk of the historic discipline, the history of American federalism. Two of his kids are named after, he has a child named after James Madison and a child named after George Mason, both of whom like are federalists who helped write the constitution. And in Ron's eyes, they're the guys who saved the early Republic from the demagogues who threatened the property of wealthy Americans. Now, we could talk about what that property is, uh, and in fact, we will in a second. <laughs> okay, Dreams of our founding fathers quotes liberally from the arguments that DeSantis agrees with that were made by quote-unquote founding fathers. Uh, this largely means equating freedom with the right to own property, uh, which is, you know— land and people at this time. Mm. Uh, Ron, of course, does not defend slavery in his self-published book. He simply denies that our nation's history with it should have any uh, impact on the way people think about founders or our constitution or property rights. From an analysis in The Atlantic, quote, it's rather how his entire reading of American history is enveloped in both unquestioning fealty to the founders and an insistence that the role of slavery and race more broadly in that history does not seriously change anything about how we should understand the birth and development of our country. For Obama and his teachers, the problem of slavery exemplified the need to adapt and improve the Constitution. For DeSantis, would-be reformers who misunderstand the role of slavery in our history are themselves the root of the problem in our politics. And the most infuriating portion of this book is when Ron makes very limited quotes, takes very limited quotes from Martin Luther King Jr. and makes Mm. them into an argument that he was a famous endorser of the founding documents of this country, Uh right? Because he would would quote from the Constitution a lot to make, Mm -hmm. you know, and the Declaration of Independence to make certain arguments. To point out how it was flawed and maybe Right, well, to point out how we weren't doing it, it, yeah. 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 Love love when white men do that. Take... Yeah, take it's, him it's, out of context and use it to fit a narrative. Yeah, it, it's galling that King, what King was doing is pointing out how the country has never lived up to even the promises that it made. And Ron is like, see, he was a constitutionalist. <laughs> right. He's just You're like, like <laughs> Antonin Scalia. God. <laughs> like, this is absolutely not what he was saying yeah, at all. He's a fucking originalist. Um, by far the most galling moment in the book, though, is when Ron cites the Dred Scott decision as an example of an activist judge ignoring the letter of the law, uh, something his beloved originalists would never do. Quote, There is a consensus among historians and legal scholars that Dred Scott v. Sanford, which turned on the question of whether a fugitive slave could sue for his freedom after he crossed into a free state, was wrongly decided because Taney declared that African Americans could not be considered citizens. They had in fact been voting citizens in numerous states. DeSantis wants to distance himself and the Constitution from Taney's obvious and decisive hatefulness, so he doesn't mention that the entire logic of Taney's willful forgetting of statutory laws rested on his insistence that the Founding Fathers could never have meant for there to be any kind of racial equality. In other words, Taney made a politically conservative, notably partisan decision precisely on his interpretation of the founder's intent. It was originalist to the core, the original originalism, where gut feelings about what the founders thought and wanted trumped uh, trumped actual state laws. DeSantis can't see or won't admit that it is often originalism that is selective with evidence. So 
So he's basically saying like the Dred Scott decision is like what liberals do, right? They're they're just mm. going off of their political opinions and not being the originalists. Theories. Where the reality is that like no, it was a fundamentally originalist decision. Um, yeah. Do you think anyway. he knows? Do you think he? Do you think he read the criticism <laughs> of the book yeah. and was like, "I've changed my ways now that people who know what they're talking about." No, of course not. It? No, oh. like the, he, I don't know. I don't know the degree to which one of the things that's frustrated me about my research into DeSantis is I don't know the the degree to which he believes the shit he's selling mm-hmm. um, as opposed to just kind of laying it out because it's uh, an effective argument to make to get the, the things that he wants. I, right. I, I lean towards he's full of shit. And this is just what he saw as the best way to get into power. And like he is that all seems of, yeah. Especially these days, like the like knowing this stuff from this book and then seeing where he is now with education and history. Yeah. Uh, and just the Florida of it all, it does seem like he knows. Yeah. Um and is to and is smarter than uh he is letting on. Um by just sort of yeah, I can say this stuff and yeah. people eat it up. Oh yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. He's definitely doing that now, but I yeah, do so. think it's pretty calculated, and I do think he's a smart person. That he's definitely uh, a smart person. Has yeah, been playing, but it's all a part of a a game, not a game, but yeah, a plan. It feels strategic. Yeah, it also feels pathetic because it's mm. it's pathetic now. You know, yeah. we're looking at it now because his shit's starting to fall apart, but. You do have to note that, like, from the point at which he starts running, uh, it works startlingly well for quite yeah. a while. Um, well, that's why he genuinely yeah. scared. At the beginning of this, yeah. I've had this conversation with you guys of, like, he actually, if it was to take, he was to take root in some way. Like, he actually does scare me because I mean, he's smarter than a lot of them. What he's done is very scary. Like, he's done a lot. I mean, we'll, we'll continue talking about that. Yeah. So. Ron's selective reading of our founding documents and history is not new, but it did solidify a place for him on the wonky side of the post-Bush GOP. This caused him difficulty, namely due to the fact that his new funders liked what he had to say, but didn't like the fact that he was an extremely obvious void of charisma. Uh, the kind of the, the person who saves him here from the fact that he's just terrible at actually like hand-to-hand campaigning uh, is mm. his wife, Casey. She is his charisma. One colleague of Ron's later told a reporter, he doesn't make small talk easily, but Casey was always with him and she filled that gap. He put so much emphasis on her. Every single speech he ever made, he almost always let off with her or within two minutes he had mentioned her. And she is like going door to door for him. She's like shaking hands, knocking uh, knocking on doors and shit. Like she is his his ground game to a really significant extent. Um, and a big part of like, making him feel like a normal person when he's doing these events with donors and stuff. Uh, Ron and Casey had been married for just three years uh, when they get uh, start campaigning together. So three years after their fun little Disney wedding, Uh, as the election continued, Ron started to collect celebrity endorsements. Savvier eyes in the Republican fold had marked him out for greatness. He earned Joe Arpaio's endorsement uh, along with wow. that. Wow, <laughs> how about that? Celebrity endorsements. Celebrity endorsements. Hey, Arpaio's a big name, especially yeah. in 2012. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. And uh, he also gets the uh, the coveted John Bolton endorsement. Ooh. Yeah, that's Whoa. a big one. Yeah. Wow, wow, wow. Uh, oh, yeah. But perhaps his most important endorsement was that of Donald Trump. Trump oh, gave DeSantis, yeah, this, and again, this is 2012 birtherism Trump, uh, gives yeah. him an early boost when he tweets out in, on March 20th, uh, 2012, Iraq vet, 
Navy hero, Bronze Star, Yale, Harvard Law. Very impressive. <laughs> mm, yeah. I'd like to hear what uh, Donald Trump has to say about all Is of those still institutions a Navy hero? now. <laughs> Is he still a Navy hero? Is he, are, are you still like Harvard and Yale? You think those are like yeah. not where the, the snobby elites go to no. uh, do communism? <laughs> yeah, the communist, communist Harvard Law. In oh, his yeah. first term, Ron was a rely. So he could, he does get elected, by the way. Uh, obviously, Good in his him. first term in Congress, Ron is a reliable vote on the piece of shit caucus. Uh, he tried to stop Hurricane Sandy aid. Uh, he voted to what? support the government. Yeah, he did. None of that. None of that. Don't help people with government money. We need that money to not spend. I guess yeah, uh, cloudy with a chance of meatballs. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he votes to support the government shutdown. Uh, he voted against an update for the Violence Against Women Act. Um, if you want a, a short idea about I'm what a sorry, piece of shit he is. I'm sorry, how dare everyone not laugh at that joke from Cody? <laughs> I laughed. I, I didn't, I didn't I catch it. I didn't catch it. Sophie just silently. I was just silently dying. Can, Cody, can you, can you? I guess I didn't really laugh, but I chuckled. It's okay. It was just a reference to weather and meatballs. Cloudy with a chance of meatballs. Oh, Robert, that was, uh, that was good. It's fine. That was really fine. good. Better than my Monet joke last week. <laughs> Monet. So, uh, good stuff. He, uh, the Heritage Foundation gives him a hundred percent. So, if you want to know the kind of dude he is as a as a as a congressman, there you go. Oh yeah. Uh, Ron gets a junior seat on the Freedom Caucus. He is one of the nine original members, although he's kind of the least of them. He's not very prominent at this point, but he is. He is. This is kind of shows some political foresight, right? He sees because the Freedom Caucus is really a precursor to a lot of Trumpist shit. Oh yeah. Hitting, yeah, and he's 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 on that right from from an early stage. Uh, if DeSantis has a reputation in this period. He it is as a a very far right vote who you cannot talk to or reason with. Right. He is going to vote against anything Obama wants to do reflexively. Uh, Ron openly agreed with Mitch McConnell that there was nothing more important in this period than interrupting the president's second term. This was a job that played to Ron's strength. He is the kind of dude who does not care much about people or their suffering and so can just kind of vote to hurt things right like that's mm-hmm. that's what he's doing it's just kind of like voting to make the country worse consistently and like brush it off like brush off criticism like he yes. doesn't care about being yeah. asked a question about it or being confronted yeah. about it he's just no like, he's oh, just whatever yeah with purely purely obstructionist point of yes. view purely want and like gosh we love a public servant we, that doesn't sure. give a mm. fuck about the citizens that has just absolutely about no care being to like improving to people's the, lives just yeah. wants to play that game. Yeah. Here's a here's a quote from Politico that really makes that point. I wasn't really there to necessarily to make friends, he once told Politico. He did not. Fellow Republicans noted him as a loner who only got in close with other Freedom Caucus weirdos. Former uh, Florida Republican Congressman David Jolly said that besides those guys, quote, I don't think he had many relationships at all. One peer, former Florida Democratic Congresswoman Gwen Graham, told Politico, he wore earbuds on the floor of the house so he didn't have to talk to people. To say he was antisocial is a disservice to this term. He does not enjoy being around people. Yep. Now, Gwen has an obvious bias. She's a, a dim, but former Michigan Republican Congressman David Trott was even more savage in a recent interview with Playbook. I think he's an asshole. I don't think he <laughs> cares about people. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's yeah. uh, Meatball uh, accurate. Bold, yeah. uh, accurate, but like for like a Republican to point out like, yeah. it's like part of their, you know, 
at least these days, especially, it's like, well, we're a little callous towards people. <laughs> and yeah. like yeah. the idea of empathy is like disgusting to us, but even to, to call out like, yeah, he doesn't care about people. Um, well, and it, is, uh, it, I think also what you're seeing with that, especially the whole, I'm going to wear headphones on the floor. I'm not going to talk to anyone. He's not, he has no interest in being a congressman as the job. He has interest in yeah. being a congressman in order to set himself up for the presidency yes, and other higher yeah, ambitions. Yeah, it's a means to an end. Yeah. And so what matters, you can't think about helping people or doing the job of governance. All that matters is getting that 100% from the Heritage Foundation, locking mm-hmm. in donations, locking in support, locking in things you can brag about in a campaign to the worst most active chunks of the Republican base. So he's going to put those headphones on because he knows he's going to be hurting people and he doesn't want to be confronted with their existence. Like he wants to be able to ignore everyone around him because he is just here to push some buttons, you know? Yeah. It's like having a private office in your ears. Yes. Which he will eventually get. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, so yeah, for his part, DeSantis leans into his growing reputation as like the fucking kind of a psycho, uh, from a write up in Politico quote, Look, DeSantis said, I was not in Congress to necessarily socialize. He slept in his office. He liked being at home more than he wanted to be in D.C. Um, so that's that's mm. uncomfortable. Yeah. like mm. Wait, he yeah. slept in his office? He sleeps in his office. He doesn't talk to people. He sleeps in his office. He's he's just there to, like, cast the votes that get him marked yeah. down as, like, good by the NRA, good by yeah. the Heritage Foundation. And then, and then it's away. He has no interest in doing this job. Great. Cool. In 2015, right as the first stirrings of Trumpism started to ooze into what had been a deceptively placid political media environment, Ron dealt with the first tragedy of his life. His sister, who was just 30 years old, died of a pulmonary embolism. When interviewed by Pierce Morgan, Ron later claimed, You start to question things that are unjust, and you just have to take faith that there's a plan in place. Trust in God. There's no guarantee that you're going to have a life without challenges and without heartbreak, and that's just a function of being human. Uh, So there you go. Is that him being? I guess a human. A guy, uh, that's yeah, a weird person? thing to is say that, about. Yeah, like, relatable. Yeah. Yeah. About your. That's a weird dying? like way to talk about it and like lesson to. Yeah, I think a normal take. person would say something like, "Yeah, it's devastating. Like, I'll miss her forever." You know, something, something like that. Like you say about a dead person, not be like, right? He's not like, like this Republican argument. Well, everybody deals with shit. Like, right? It seems well, trying dead, to like bro. sort of like, like take that tragedy and turn into like, well, you got to pull yourself up by your bootstraps well, and work hard. Or it's because that, life but, is or, unfair. Yeah, like, like, well, he's also taking it into some sort of um, as an opportunity to paint himself as a masculine tough yeah, type, as yeah. someone who can handle anything that you know i'm sure he's hoping to come across as a strong yeah stuff happens that's life you know yeah it's like why are you complaining about your problems look at me it's like just yeah but we all it it also just reinforces yeah the bootstraps mentality which the idea that we all can just buck up and everything's fine i think what this best quote best embodies is that he is always relentlessly on point in this period of his life right this is the answer that you give because it furthers your political reputation as the kind of conservative who can who can get elected, right? Like every single thing that you say in public, every word, every action is is based on building your future presidential campaign. Like that's that's who he is. If that's how you're thinking, that's exactly what yeah. yeah, then that's the yeah. move and that's what you do. Yeah. Yeah. 
When the 2016 election got well underway, Ron was as blindsided by Donald Trump's rise to prominence as anyone else. This is evident in the fact that he kept his fucking mouth shut for much of the primaries. <laughs> and when he did speak out about the controversial GOP frontrunner, it was mainly to dissociate himself from Trump. He said in one interview that Trump's 2012 tweet had not been an endorsement, and he made it clear that he'd never met the man. So he actually, this big deal endorsement he gets uh, as a first-term congressman, he's like, oh, that wasn't an endorsement. That was just a nice tweet about me. I've never met the guy. Don't know him. <laughs> no never opinions. Him. And I, this is this is probably fair to see as a limitation in his political instincts, right? He he, did, oh, yeah. he was not someone who he right away he saw Trump the, coming. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I think this this makes sense. Like, he's a structure guy, right? He plays well with the Republican Party, uh, and he plays well with the kind of engine of donors and think tanks and whatnot that support that party, and particularly its far-right flank. Um, but as soon as he encounters someone who is running outside of that structure, threatening to upset it and remake it, he freezes, right? He's just not ready mm. to deal with this. Um, yeah, now, it's just that weird, like, you're courting you're courting this aspect of yeah. the party in politics, but you don't really necessarily realize the end yeah. game or, like, where it's headed, and then it happens, mm-hmm. and, like, well, but I was, but the machine is good. What's this guy trying to wreck this machine? Yeah. Um, I think it speaks also to, like, the fact that he modeled himself sort of after Ted Cruz, who also yeah. had a similar thing, where it's like, yes. I don't know what to do here. I, yeah. And, he, you know, his wife's yeah, called Yeah, they ugly don't know what to, to hate out. him or to kiss yeah. him or to yeah. copy him or to... Yeah. And then you get that yeah. sweaty phone call picture of Ted yeah. Cruz just like begging for votes. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> and it is like so it, it is kind of worth noting that from all the evidence we have, it seems that Ron hated Trump on site or at least saw kind of making fun of him as a, a profitable enterprise. Mm-hmm. One of his former staffers told Vanity Fair, Ron made more fun of Donald Trump than anyone I know. And another added, he thought Trump was fucking nuts. So again, very much not on the Trump train initially. But when Trump starts making this inexorable pro, uh, progress in remaking the Republican Party in his own image, uh, Ron is kind of focused continuing his pace towards the White House. Uh, he's in his second term by early 2015, and he's already made a lot of connections among the Heritage Foundation think tank set who determine where campaign funds are going to go. So when Marco Rubio announces that he's going to run for president and steps down <laughs> from a, yeah, I'm not going to run for, for re-election for this Senate seat, a representative for the Club for Growth calls Ron and is like, hey, Marco Rubio's definitely headed to the White House. Do you want to run for his Senate seat? <laughs> I'm going to quote from Politico here. In May 2015, less than a month after Rubio announced his presidential candidacy, DeSantis announced his Senate bid. He had the post-haste backing of the same array of conservative groups, Senate Conservatives Fund, Freedom Works, the Club for Growth. And a year after he got called back to the breakers at a luncheon at the Republican Party headquarters in Highlands County, Florida, DeSantis spelled it out. I was the only U.S. Senate candidate that spoke at the Koch Brothers Donor Summit, where they have all their organizations that get involved in these races. You have everyone from the Club for Growth on, so we built a huge, huge network of supporters that we'll be able to turn on. The most important decision Ron DeSantis made that led to his eventual election as governor, a high-profile national Republican consultant said, was running for Marco's seat in 2016. DeSantis, he said, was able to go network a group of billionaires that he otherwise couldn't have done as a congressman. And this is, he doesn't get this seat, right? Because Rubio flames out and returns to his seat. But because he had been willing to play ball and run for this to keep it, you know, in-house and whatnot and made all these connections, that's what political insiders will argue is what lets him become the governor of Florida, is at least what, what gives him a fighting chance, right? Or I would say that makes sense anyway, yeah. Yeah, 
Yeah, because he, he shows himself as a team player to these money guys. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, team player, tool for them, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. But he, he is bragging yeah. about being a tool of the Koch brothers in this period. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Like, I'll do whatever. I, I, I give me the money. I'll do a, I'll do a, the thing. Yeah, I'll do, I'll do the thing. thing. I'll do the thing. Cameranda said, this I bake mm. the pizza meatball. That's it. That's mm-hmm. perfect. Sophie, perfect. Excellent. let's uh, replace our audio sting into and out of every episode with that. Mm-hmm. No. She's like right. noting it. <laughs> Here's a spicy add God almighty, no. that's embarrassing. Shameful. Are you supposed no, to do ads? Yeah, yeah, we're doing ads. That was oh, that's, that's what, what that we was. just did. Oh. <laughs> Happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies. So you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Ah, we're back. What's you guys' back. favorite favorite way to do an offensive Italian accent? Uh, I, I don't because I'm oh well, I'm I'm partially Italian, so yeah, it's not offensive I'm very Italian. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's the the one we've just been doing. It's a Mia Mario. Oh, I love what to do. The I take my baths in a pesto sauce. Insurance fraud. Ho I do That's take it. baths in pesto sauce. You do. do you? you do. Yes. You do. Yes. And I commit a lot of insurance fraud. There you oh. go. Uh, the perfect Italians. The perfect Italians. That is how my family <laughs> came to this country. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, good times. So, if you're going to be influential in politics in this country, you have basically two broad families of choice. One is to work yourself up from within the system. You, 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 you do take bit roles in campaigns you know, until you're able to get enough support to, to run for office somewhere, probably a local office, you win election, you start schmoozing with big donors, building connections to financiers through the think tanks that ask as they're grasping little hands. The other way to get into politics in this country in a big way is just pure populism. You force yourself into relevance by building enough of a following that these same people have to pretend they're not angry that you skipped in line, right? Mm-hmm. Trump is a line skipper. He's great at line skipping. Mm. Ronnie D is not a line skipper. As one of his friends, a former Florida Republican congressman, told Politico, he's somebody who has his view of his strategy in politics, do the right little conservative things, but behind that curtain build a network of mega conservative donors, the Koch brothers, Sheldon Adelson. Ron, more than just about anybody I know in politics, has built that network very successfully. And this is the thing he's actually good at, right? Mm -hmm. Like, this is his actual skill. 
David Bossy, the president of Citizens United and former deputy campaign manager for Trump, has given DeSantis credit for building an operation with, quote, very Trumpian tones during Trump's first campaign. I actually don't think this is accurate. Uh, Bossy now works on DeSantis's campaign, which is why he's saying this. But my take is that it would be more accurate to say Ron and Trump focused on the same issues because those issues have been issues for Republicans as long as most of us listening have been alive. Cutting entitlements, border security, culture war shit against elites. But those are just surface similarities. Ron has always gone after those things in a pretty normal conservative way, whereas Trump went after them in a populist wild card way. Given his legitimate, uh, so yeah, I don't know. That's I, I think uh, Bossy's full of shit there. Anyway, yeah, um, yeah, and I think well, also especially now, like yeah, uh, Ron is doing a clear terrible Trump impression, right? And not yeah. doing like he's 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 sort of like off the grid in terms of like what he's used to, it seems. And that's part well, of why he's sort of floundering. He's like, well, this yeah, is not exactly. what I thought politics was supposed to be. I did the things I'm supposed to do. And now I got to be this freak. He's yeah. very much out of his depth in what he's trying in the tact that he's taking here. Yeah. Yeah. Now. You're out of your depth, Donnie, Ronnie. Exactly. exactly. Ronnie. Ronnie. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Excellent. Okie dokie. Karaoke. So, <laughs> uh, oh, sorry. <laughs> Given his legitimately impressive history as a ball player, you might expect Ron to have played on the congressional team. And he did. But by all accounts, he did not make uh, an impressive impact, nor did he devote much time towards it. Uh, The only impact baseball was to have on the rest of his career so far is that he left congressional baseball practice in the summer of 2017, just before a gunman opened fire. By the time 2018 rolled around, Ron was ready to take another shot at the brass <laughs> ring. In this case, it was the governor's seat in his home state of Florida. And again, he is running to be the governor of Florida, not Florida, uh, the, mm, the, right. the beloved musician who represented San Marino in 2021. Um, just want to really be clear about that because we keep getting confusion. You, yeah. yeah, the last episode, yeah. people were... Did you're telling understand. me my face, and I'm still confused. I was certainly yeah. confused and confused. I still think yeah. it's Florida. Well, I'm, I think I'm the not. only way to solve this is induct Florida into the United States. Sure. Yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah. And I think for the flag, we just get rid of the other 50 stars and just have one big star on the flag that represents Florida. United. Because that uh-huh, would exactly. be our biggest mm-hmm. star. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> so, still no idea what song that guy wrote. <laughs> <laughs> He's got to have at least one, right? That There's was that was popular. I believe he yeah. does. Yeah. Otherwise, San Marino wouldn't have, wouldn't have sniped him. Exactly. So, his opponent for the Republican nomination, Ron DeSantis, is not Flo Rida, was uh-huh. a guy named Adam Putnam, a career politician who had been in office, some kind of office, since he was twenty-two. At one point, and this is, I think, funny. Putnam is clearly a guy who, like, is at one point in his career a, a a conservative wunderkind, right? Like, he's he's starting office in his, like, early 20s. He's one of these, like, go-getter youth Republican that the, the party sees as its future. Uh, and But shit starts to change on a dime with Trump. And Ron is like, well, I can make hay by portraying Putnam as this, like, out-of-touch rhino careerist, you know? Uh, Mm -hmm. So he uses his connections to get a meeting on Air Force One where he makes his case to President Trump. This was an important meeting. No one else's endorsement mattered if Trump was on his side, and no one else could save him without Donald. Now, DeSantis has been putting in groundwork here. He, like, started for months prior to this, about a year or so prior to this, really hitting 
uh, against Trump attacks on social media and stuff. And these are this is kind of a shallow thing. Just the fact whenever he gets goes on TV, he'll defend the president, right? Uh, it's it's very obvious. It's very like shallow yeah. toadying, but that shit works like a dot like perfectly oh. on Donald Trump. Like, oh yeah, very much Donald a Trump's guy all who about responds it. to flattery. Eats it up. <laughs> yeah, loves, loves that it. kind of meatball. Yeah. So they have this meeting, and DeSantis' chief of staff later recalled what President Trump saw in DeSantis was somebody that was fighting for him and his agenda on Fox News, whether it was Fox News or on Fox Business. And DeSantis had a pretty smart strategy to use his committee responsibilities and find ways to insert himself into the national debate and get booked on TV. And we obviously had a lot of media requests beyond Fox, but you know, members of Congress know what, what shows the president watches and what he doesn't. Mm. Yeah, 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 they yeah. do. Yep. And it, it works. Trump tweets an endorsement uh, soon after this meeting. Ron wins his primary handily, uh, and he makes frequent use of Trump's support, name dropping him 21 times in a single debate. Uh, he cuts what one Democratic ad man called the dumbest, most effective ad in Florida history. And it's it is remarkable. It, it starts with him like reading his son a copy of The Art of the Deal. And telling his daughter to build the wall with toy oh, blocks. Yeah. It is, oh, yeah. That's a real hit. That's a real a banger of it. It's so funny. Just it's... the dick writing his dad. I, yeah. He's so deeply he's embarrassing. So, it's so yeah. transparent and funny. I, uh, yeah. And that time passed and it's all gone now. Yeah. 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 It's all gone now. So, despite all this, Florida was still one of America's most infamous swing states. Uh, it is very purple at this point, and the general election is a nail-biter. DeSantis barely manages to squeak past Democrat Andrew Gillum with some 32,000 votes, less than half a percentage point. Gillum later gets hit with a 21-count federal indictment for wire fraud, conspiracy, making false statements, all related to fraudulent fundraising from various entities tied to his campaigns. Uh, Gillum denies all charges, but... That doesn't matter for here. What matters is that DeSantis does manage to squeak out a victory and that it is going to be very narrow, but his second victory is not going to be narrow. And that's pretty worth noting. So today, Ron DeSantis is deservedly reviled for turning Florida into a laboratory for outwardly fascistic and eliminationist public policy targeted particularly towards queer people. His early years in office, though, are surprisingly mild. He is not the guy he is now, his first couple of years as governor. Another Politico article notes, he surprised many in the state by tackling towards the center. He signed a bill that nixed a ban on smokable medical marijuana, announcing it with Matt Gates, one of the most Trumpy members of Congress, and Orlando attorney John Morgan, long a major fundraiser for Democratic candidates. He vetoed a bill that would have prevented local bans on plastic straws. He angled for additional funding for Everglades restoration. He instituted two new state jobs, chief resilience officer and chief science officer. DeSantis actually spoke the words climate change after Rick Scott had downplayed it. His approval ratings soared into the 60s and even into the 70s, including sort of shockingly high faves from Democrats and independents, too. So that's interesting uh, that is to me. Interesting. And I, I think it does make sense. It, it is actually consistent because when he's in Congress, it doesn't matter. Like, you do, you're not directly accountable to anyone really in Congress, like, because there's all these other guys voting on everything that happens, right? So you can be just an obstructionist if that's the thing that makes you palatable to the base that gets you right. the endorsements when you're governor you do have to do like especially when you're governor of a state that is a purple state right that's why he's doing this because he doesn't want to lose office because that's fucking death right. to a presidential campaign so you he's, have to do something yeah you are the face of it <laughs> exactly um 
yeah, so he's he is a, a fairly, you would say, pragmatic guy. Uh, and, and that is generally like there's uh, Politico quotes one Republican lobbyist is saying, as someone who has aspirations behind, beyond his current office, which I think everyone will concede this probably is not his last office, I think that is how you have to do it. I do think, hopefully, it will be his last office, but yeah, we'll see. I think maybe, you know, we'll see. see. I mean, well, do- like, all it takes is just like a uh, Trump to walk on stage and right. interact with him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Putin Ron. <laughs> Bam! Oh Speaking God, of Putin Ron, uh, yeah, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about Putin Ron, because it is, it is during this surprisingly mild interlude in his career in 2019 that one of Ron's peculiarities would pass into legend. Everyone who worked with the governor was aware that he was a man who did not socialize easily or well. He's very intelligent. He's able to digest large reams of data in hours and come back with pointed questions. But social dynamics baffle him. In March of 2019, during a private flight from Tallahassee to D.C., DeSantis decided to take on some energy by eating a pudding snack. According to two sources who were there, he did this with three of his fingers, using them like a spoon and licking them clean in full view of multiple people. Now, no, 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 that's that's off putting a bit. I, I, I do agree. Pudding. And I'm a big. Oh, I, uh, that was accidentally Ooh. good. You know, I, nice. I spent a lot of time in like, you know, the Middle East. I do a lot. I've done a lot of eating with my hands as utensils. But eating pudding that way it's, is just so in public is so off putting too. It is like putting in public. Or it's like weird. Uh, in like a uh, work business sort of setting. Yeah. Um, also, well. I'm just all I say is you could just squeeze it in. You don't have to do that at all. You could you just squeeze options. the pudding in here. Sure. You could use sure. the lid like a spoon. Well, okay, thank you. I was going to say there's this, the lid is foil usually. I assume he's eating standard pudding cup. Probably, probably a you, standard pudding you cup. You shape you shape the lid into a little sure. spoon and then you have a little spoon. You don't have to use your three fingers. This yeah. is what we've all done. He does. He gives his pudding the shocker. Like God, not not those three fingers. It's honestly though, like it's that's what I choose. Like I know it's like such a silly thing, but there's something wrong with you if you think it's okay to do that. Yeah, around people. I'm sorry. It's weird. Now, look, have I eaten pudding with my fingers when nearly blackout drunk alone in my apartment? Of course. But I think we can all agree I should not be a governor. Uh, yeah, and then idea. there's that. No. But yeah. I just imagine you wouldn't do it sober around colleagues in, no. in any kind of environment. But if no. you did, it'd be like, yeah, I'm this type of governor. Yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm fuck, gonna. I'm the. You know, it's the, it's the, like I'm gonna have a meeting and I'm gonna take a shit during the meeting to like yeah. prove now, that I again, that I you, can. Right? You could if Ron if Ron had the kind of natural charisma LBJ had. Just like I don't give a fuck. You're not even yeah. people. To this be. is who like, I am, is and you're I... dealing with me. Yeah, <laughs> like, go for it. But no, he's just a weirdo who wanted his little pudding snack and had to dip Such his three fingers in there to get it down his gullet. Because this is an unbiased political analysis show, I do mm-hmm. want to note here that at the same time, Puddin' Ron was being born, another famously unpleasant politician on the other side of the aisle had a similar experience. The New York Times reported that in 2019, during a flight to a campaign event, Senator Amy Klobuchar was yeah. told there was no fo- fork for her mm. salad, and she pulled a comb from her bag and used yeah. it to eat. Now, <laughs> this is maybe the most controversial thing I say on this show. Both of these are weird things to do. I think Ron's choice was more normal than Amy's. Do you? Because, like, yeah. people, I, I think pudding is, it's weird to eat pudding with your fingers, but fingers are acceptable for eating some things. <laughs> 
A comb. A comb is, okay, comb is weird, man. A comb is real weird. But also, I see. We've all seen Amy's hair. There's product in there. She's cold. yeah. So she's eating her salad and it, also it, eating hairspray. It's it is unhinged. Yeah. yeah. It yeah, is no. It's not good. Respect, it's not good. Respectfully, ew. No. Yeah. I'm trying now to think we're, of like a, we're gonna a get attacked by the like, Klobuch gang. Like it's not this, but like it's something like it's like. Getting your like uh, uh, like your toothbrush out and using yeah. your toothbrush to eat the pudding. Sure, but even that is like not the same as the comb. Like there's no there's no equivalent there. Like, the like <laughs> love it. So prior <sighs> to 2020, if you were looking at Ron DeSantis, you'd probably have expected him to hew to that wonky Paul Ryan image, which is kind of what he's he's doing largely with a little bit of Ted Cruz thrown in there uh, to hold on. None to of the state. weightlifting photos. Yeah, none of that <laughs> stuff. But to try and hold on to his state through whatever happens with Trump's second campaign and hopefully plot a less extreme path to picking up his crown after, right? Sort of let let the Trump storm pass and, mm-hmm. you know, trust that you're young enough to have, you know, time <laughs> to, to get in there afterwards. Given his relatively mild performance at this point, this would not have been a bad strategy. But the coronavirus pandemic changed everything. Initially, Ron responded more or less the same as everyone else, and, and Florida does have a brief lockdown in like a month or so. Lockdown uh, run! Lockdown run! Lockdown run! Once it becomes clear that the pandemic is not like, it's not a civilization ender, it's, you know, just a massive threat to the most vulnerable <laughs> right. people in the country, mm. he's like, well, fuck those people, and he reverses course uh, and decides to ride the waves of paranoid discontent by flouting every expert recommendation and reopening his state. Here's the Atlantic. Initially, Florida fared better than many states, although its numbers eventually came to look pretty bad. He has since adopted a sort of soft anti-vaccine stance, never explicitly rejecting the shots, but declining to promote them and often appearing with skeptics. DeSantis's COVID politics hurt his approval with Democrats, driving down his overall numbers, but they endeared him to conservatives in both Florida and nationwide. His standing remained and remained strong a- among Republicans in the Sunshine State, and he became a darling of the national right-wing media, which saw him in him a rare conservative COVID success story, and also a politician who could combine elements of Trumpism with more traditional movement conservatism. The glow seems to have emboldened DeSantis. Taking Trump's example, DeSantis begun keeping legislators in check with the threat of criticism or backing primary challenges. And this is the start of Ron as the fearsome force of authoritarian governments that we see today, right? He is initially pretty popular governor. At one point, he has nearly 70%. But he realizes by becoming this culture warrior, he's going to lose 10, 15 points, you know, something like that, but not enough to take him out of, of winning the governor's seat. And in fact, it'll strengthen his overall appeal to his base. So that means mm-hmm. more money. And crucially, not just does it mean more money, it means he doesn't actually need to have any sort of buy-in from the left in order to govern because he can he can get all of the legislators in Florida lockstep behind him because since he is so popular with the base, he can be like, look, if you don't do exactly what I fucking want, you're out of here. Like, I will endorse your opponent in a primary and you're fucked. Um, and that's what's allowed him to do, to push through a lot of the stuff that he's done that's really unpopular. Um, it's interesting to see when you're laying it out like this, how quickly this, it's not that he ultimately wants, <laughs> we've talked about it this whole time, just how he's adopted this persona over the period of time. But it's been a relatively short period of time uh, with this latest iteration of Ronald. Yeah, Ronathan. Ronathan. Yeah. Yeah, you know what else well. articulates well, Katie? Um, 
Is it something Articulate Ron? With advertisements? Yeah. Uh, we are actually sponsored entirely by Ron DeSantis. Oh. So, uh, yeah. Mm. Here's Ron. Hi. I'm here to be your president. And you know what I don't like is not, well, not pudding. I love pudding. That's a really, um, that was, a, that was, good, that was a good ad. Wonderful, so, so, Cody. Wow. So sorry, Katie. <laughs> really perfect. I have a question as we come back from break here. Sure. Um, do we think that there should be some kind of test for elected officials where we give them some kind of food and no silverware and see what they do. And if it's, Absolutely. A, and it, if it's, it's a great idea, Sophie, that's one of the best ideas I've heard. Yeah. I feel uh, like yeah. in a long time. And I feel like there's like a scale and it's like, you know, where were you on the, the comb and the salad or were you, you know, mm-hmm. just, you know, Fingers as Katie, pudding, as, did as, you Katie improvise su- as Katie suggested, you, you, you eat the pudding without putting your fingers in it because I mean, Certainly. what I what I would really like to see, you would have to do them everyone at once. But all of yeah. our elected leaders, you get it once. You put them in a room, and you have them eat like um, a sandwich or some hummus or something that you have squirted dish soap into, and you film oh. them while you do it, just to see. You don't tell them. See, and you make, see, you do yeah. Like, who 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 powers through it? Right? Who like yeah? <laughs> who, well, and how good are they? It's at like it. are, right. Yeah. Are you gonna are you gonna say something? I mean, like this tastes weird. Um. Or like, are and are you gonna sort of have you had hummus before? Do you know what yeah. it's supposed to taste like? Do you know yeah. that it's not supposed to taste like soap? <laughs> like or are you like, oh yeah, I love yeah. my soapy hummus. Uh huh. Mm, it's got that but soapy taste that, that, that we loves. all know and love maybe, about hummus. Just maybe one of those, one of them <sighs> will take the initiative to say, hey. Don't eat this. It's got soap in it, but probably not. Tastes fucked up. But it is also a good. It's an opportunity for them to prove themselves to be a good leaders. Yeah, leaders taking initiative. You find out if some of them goes. Did you put cilantro in this hummus? Yeah, and you find out who has bad taste buds. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. Because we should not. I think we can all agree. You should not be able to hold office if you've got the gene that makes cilantro taste bad to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, oh, yeah, for yeah. sure. I mean, I, just I don't feel think those like, are even really people. I just feel like we're but, making really good yeah. rules right here. Where I agree, I, and yeah. I feel like the 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 food without support thing should be live streamed. Yeah. yeah, for sure, for and sure. So, we can and we can do it. We yeah. can film it well, in like front of a, a live of the studio debate. audience of those of Philly debate. sports yeah. fans from part one. Well, I mean, you know what we're know. doing though. We're just sort of like paving the way for another Trump presidency. Because, you know, if he eats the, the soapy hummus, he's just going to be like, this is no, this is bad. Like, what are you doing? Give me a Diet Coke. Like, he'll just like, <laughs> he'll, he'll bulldoze now. the entire room. Yeah. You're right. Dangerous games. Anyway, mm. here's a dangerous ad. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies. So you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. 
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Hi, Ah. I'm Ron. We're back. (laughs) That was horrible, Cody. Uh, Okay, so, yeah. Uh, there we go. So Ron DeSantis after COVID is now starts to remake himself in the image of Huey Long, basically like he goes kind of kind of dictator uh, from this point forward. Uh, he bases his power and authority on this vice grip that he's got on the Republican voters of Florida, and he's able to use this to push through very unpopular policies by threatening his legislators uh, with you know primary challenges. Aubrey Jewett, a political scientist from the University of Central Florida, says that DeSantis' control over the Florida legislature is historically unique. Historically, particularly in the Florida Senate, you'd see more independents. They'd buck the governor. Jeb Bush experienced this. Charlie Crist. Even Rick Scott. Uh, Now, DeSantis' approval is below its pre-pandemic levels, but this does not change his behavior. And he uses it like his power now to ram through Florida's infamous Don't Say Gay Bill, which bans any classroom discussion of gender identity or sexual orientation in Florida public schools through the third grade. It was and remains an unpopular law, but Ron handily won re-election after the pandemic. And in fact, he didn't just win, he absolutely blew out his Democratic challenger. You can say one thing for DeSantis, and that's it's that he knows how to push when he sees an opening. He has responded to the new tenor of Florida politics by remaking himself as the arch culture warrior, making unpopular uh, policies geared at hurting the left and enemies of conservatism above anything that might be called traditional governing. He's helped to push through what many consider the most partisan redistricting map in the country geared towards reducing the influence of black voters. This has been met with a full-on legal assault against what Ron calls voter fraud, one which has primarily targeted black Floridians. A good example comes from October of 2022, when body camera footage revealed a raid on voters around Tampa, 19 of whom were arrested for so-called fraud. The ACLU reports, quote, The footage is disturbing. It is clear that the individuals arrested in and around Tampa have absolutely no idea that they have done anything wrong and why they are being detained. At moments, their confusion and distress are so pronounced that the police arresting them try to console them. As the Tampa Bay Times put it, the police are almost apologetic for their actions. 19 people are arrested in this sting, which focused around Amendment 4. This is an amendment to the Florida state constitution that was approved by 65% of Florida voters in 2018 and restored voting rights to Floridians with past felony convictions. But the year after this happens, DeSantis has his legislature pass SB 7066, which requires that felons pay legal fines before being eligible to vote. As the ACLU notes, the state has no central database for information on convictions and the resulting financial obligations. This leaves hundreds of thousands of Floridians unable to assess if they owe money and how much. Essentially, the state created a pay-to-vote system while giving people no way to determine how much they must pay. And then he's able to, like, charge them criminally for voting when they haven't paid properly in this thing that they can't know like yeah it's really (laughs) fucked up it is very clearly targeting specifically black voters 13 of the 19 people arrested in this first sweep are black um 
And yeah, it's it's generally seen as an attempt to chill the vote in low-income black and brown communities ahead of the 2024 election. That's absolutely what he's doing here. DeSantis also oversees a ban on critical race theory, one so severe it's led to even math textbooks being censored. One law makes it a third-degree felony to distribute what the state, under DeSantis, calls pornography in classrooms. The actual text of the statute is incredibly broad, defining pornography not just as erotic material with the intent to cause sexual excitement, but including instruction on gender identity or discrimination by teaching that, quote, an individual by virtue of his or her race, color, sex, or national origin is inherently racist or oppressive, whether consciously or unconsciously. Um, so it's basically just like a felony to teach anything that uh, someone conservative might get offended by. And if you know conservatives, you know there's nothing that doesn't offend them. Oh, it's all of it. It's everything. Yeah. Um, it honestly, I don't even know what to say. I mean, yeah. we talk about this all the time. It, but it does blow my mind. It's hard for me to wrap my mind around all that he's, all the terrible things that he's done in a very short period of time. Yeah. And the hypocrisy of people talking about, um, you know, public schools, the schooling is an indoctrination. And then literally what is happening, literally what the, the things that are being removed from basic elements of our education and how. Yeah, I'm preaching the classrooms and, and school libraries just absolutely shorn of, of books it's because, yeah, ghastly. fucked up. It's ghastly. I'm not going to go into as much. I'm not going to like spend the whole episode just listing every bad thing he's done as governor. I thought it was more useful because you get this every day, right? People are reading this. They're watching this. I thought it was more useful to explain why he's able to do this because this is not how he governs at the start of his time as governor. This is a change that comes midway through as a result of the COVID pandemic. And it's important to know that he is able to do get away with pushing so many unpopular policies because of how he gains control over the state legislature. That's what I wanted to kind of get into because that's actually a really useful thing to understand, in part to prevent future authoritarians like DeSantis from doing similar things in other states. You need to at least understand how he got to to be able to to do all this shit, right? Um now, this is all awful. None of it, though, has stopped DeSantis from winning re-election. There's a lot of articles uh, from from right before his his uh, re-election campaign that are like, you know, is COVID, is his, is his hard right tilt? You know, is this all going to, like, hurt his chances of winning? Because he barely squeaks it by the first time. His second election, Ron wins by an astonishing margin. He even captures traditionally liberal enclaves in the state, which has led many to posit that however you want to characterize his reign ethically – he has ended, at least for now, Florida's status as a purple state. Um, little early to say that, you know, we'll see how 2024 goes, but I think that's probably fair. Uh, it is impossible to say at the moment whether or not this will hold true beyond 2024, but it does point to an undeniable conclusion. Ron DeSantis is probably the most effective elected anti-democratic leader in the country. The good news is that, at least for now, he seems to have overreached his capabilities and what is probably fair to say is the most major misstep of his career so far. People have been discussing DeSantis as a probable Republican presidential candidate since at least 2020. And after January 6th, 2021, and the brief relative absence of Trump when he was being shunned for that like couple of months, he seemed to shine as a likely future standard bearer of the authoritarian movement that Donald had helped conjure into being. There were articles in mainstream publications touting the Florida miracle. Ron had decided to campaign on this. Interviews highlighted his intelligence as a counterpoint to Trump's crudity. 
But this brief period as a frontrunner came to an end as soon as the former president made it clear that he intended to run once more. In deference to the fact that DeSantis had defended him a few years earlier, Trump gave a couple of quiet warnings. I think the first warnings are probably sent through intermediaries kind of politely. You've got some guys who are, because they're both Florida dudes, you know, who are, are visiting both camps, be like, now's not the time, Ron. Now's not the time, Ron. But Ron doesn't listen to this. And when that isn't enough, in November of 2022, Trump makes a public warning. In an interview on Fox News, he threatens DeSantis with a release of private information if he runs for president. From the Huffington Post, I can tell you things about him that won't be very flattering. I know more about him than anybody, other than perhaps his wife. (laughs) So funny. I can't believe you did that. What an unbelievable. It's it's, so many... There's something something like that that he does every week and it's just gone. (laughs) Yeah, it is. It is remarkable, right? Warned him not to run for president. (laughs) You you threaten him with that. That you'll pull pull out dirt on him if he does. You just do it openly on TV. That's so wild. Like during the interview, right? It's not even like off the cuff at like a rally. It's like, no, I mean, look, I accept it from Trump because it is really funny. Like it is. it is, it's very funny, and I'm I'm uh. sorry, I am that shallow with stuff like this. Uh, it's really funny. Yeah, yeah. Quote: I think he would be making a mistake. I think the base would not like it. I don't think it would be good for the party. Any of that stuff is not good. You have other people that possibly will run. I guess I don't know if he runs. If he runs, he runs. Yeah. Well, he runs, but I'm warning of, him. He shouldn't. Man of many. It's words. gonna hurt him badly if he does. Mm, and again, we'll see if he does, but. Up to this point, Ron's career has been meticulous, right? The 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 first time he throws the dice is kind of when he takes this hard right turn on COVID, uh, and that works for him. And I I think if I'm if I'm gonna psychoanalyze him, I think after decades of making all of the careful choices, he sees how kind of gambling works for Trump, how it gets him into a, at least gets him into the presidency once, and he's like. He sees how well it works for him in his reelection campaign, and he's like, well, fuck it. Guess I'm going to keep gambling. And he throws the dice on Donald Trump, and Trump is just a better gambler than Ron DeSantis could ever hope to be. Like, this is a calamitous mistake. Um, But it is in line with this new image that DeSantis has tried to paint for himself since the pandemic, Uh, this kind of getting away from the Ted Cruz, from the careful Paul Ryan sort of thing. Uh, And this this attitude is embodied in the Trumpy accessories that he starts selling to finance his reelection campaign, my favorite of which are golf balls with the text, Florida's governor has a pair on them. Um, Oh, boy. Just just sad. Ron, boy, that feels so forced, Ron. Yeah, it does. It does. Also, you know, you're already dealing with the meatball Ron thing. Maybe don't don't add balls here, but or yeah, lean into it. Yeah, sell meatball making kits Mm, with your face on it. Ron's meatball seller. Yeah, in fact, he should lean into it. He should. That that's what I would do. Yeah. His only strategy seems to be running against Trump as a better Trump, which is a risky move against a man with so much personal popularity among the same base. And sure enough, as soon as Ron sets himself against Trump, all of this dirt on him starts to spill. Outcome articles noting that he's had three chiefs of staff and three years at Congress, and then three more in five years as governor, right? Like he's got all this turnover. Nobody likes him. He can't keep a team together. One of his former strategists let slip to Vanity Fair that Ron and Casey, quote, use people like toilet paper and that there's an unofficial support group of former aides. Uh, This might just be dismissed as politics, if not for the fact that the the 
DeSantis campaign has seen even more rapid turnover since then, bleeding nearly all of its hires over the course of a year that's seen him go from the best-funded candidate on the Republican Party to broke and so reliant on his super PAC that Trump's campaign recently made a public warning against Republican candidates coordinating illegally with their super PACs just to, like, stick it Ron a little bit. So funny. Yeah. Yeah. Just... Yeah, it's very funny. Just a foolish thing to do, like, uh, aside from, like, all the things that you're pointing out, like, why would you try to out-Trump Trump Trump when you're so severely unlikable? It is, like, even, like, I I don't don't, don't like Trump, but, like, he's got, he definitely has some charm and charisma because he was on TV for decades as, like, a famous guy. Um, But, yeah, it is is hard to sort of, like, necessarily assess yourself like that um, and admit it. Even Especially, if you are a little pudding fingered man. Yeah. Yeah. He's really it, far deep at this point, you know, and he's really like gone down the path. Yeah. Yeah. He's locked in. Yep. He is locked in. It's a, uh, it's interesting to me because it's, it's very much like a, like you've got like this boxer who's like just, just uh, famously good right hook, just knocking dudes out left and right. And he's a heavyweight and you're like, you know, sometimes you like box at the local gym with your friends for fun and you see him, you see this guy, maybe he's doing some sort of like circus thing. He's just pounding dudes, right? Challenging guys from the crowd. He knocks like four or five dudes out and you're like, you know what? I bet I can take this man who's twice my body (laughs) weight. Like it's just what? So reckless. Um, The hubris of it too. The like, oh, I can just must try. It's like must saying wants to fight Zuckerberg. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No man. Like, like, yeah. I think that both what Ron has done and Elon Musk wanting to fight Mark Zuckerberg are are just the best evidence you could get of how power and wealth derange you. Like he has lost, he's he's a guy earlier in his career who very smartly assesses risk and reward. Mm-hmm. And he's, he's, it's just kind of fallen apart. He won for too long. That yeah. kind of thing. Oh yeah, no, it breaks your brain. It breaks yeah. you, yeah. it turns you into a, a meatball. Yeah, you know? into a meatball. A ground up little meatball. Yeah, and uh, so, you know, alongside Trump, DeSantis has chosen to pick a fight with Disney over the extremely mild resistance the company put up to his anti Good luck on your vow renewal, DeSantis. It's very, Mm. like, he tries to revoke their special tax status, and then Disney uses their much more expensive lawyers to cancel a lot of this out. They should have revoked his marriage. (laughs) Yeah, Mm, (laughs) yeah, yeah. Disney has the ability to do that. They are like the Pope. (laughs) Uh, and it's very funny, like former RNC chair, Michael Steele, uh, was after all this happened, is like, once you lose a battle against Mickey Mouse, it's kind of hard to take you seriously. I mean, <laughs> um, Max of, like you lose a fight that you started. Yeah. Like. That you started with Mickey Mouse. Max Stepanovich, an influential figure in Tallahassee politics, told Politico last year that DeSantis had to resist becoming the protagonist in his own Greek tragedy, claiming mm. the governor's key rival is not Trump, but hubris. I might also what? add what yeah. I said. Yep. 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 His own awkwardness right. too, you know, putting Ron. Uh, yeah. yeah. His, so, uh, uh, his uh, laughing and then scowling. Yeah. Uh, in that the span Nazi of half a second. That one of his. The ca- Nazi ad didn't yeah. help. No, that, that sure doesn't help. Um, yeah. It's all very funny. Um, I think uh, the best way to close this out is for me to play a little clip of an interview with a uh, with old Meatball Ron at a DeSantis 2024 event. Uh, this was taken Ooh. by Paul Steinhauser. So I'm gonna I'm gonna do this. Yeah, Katie, you've been waiting for this. So let's see. All him. episode. 
Maybe he finally has the juice in this clip. Can you guys see Does it? Does he got it? Does he got yeah. a juicy meatball? Did he finally meatball? get the juice? Yeah. And said uh, the other day that the knives are out for you mm. at that debate. Mm. I got to ask you about Smile. that. Plus, I got to ask it's you. Creepy. I know it's not it's your just campaign. Grinding it's grinding. Put out a, a memo <laughs> that people are talking about. So I'd like to get your reaction to both. Well, on the memo, it's not mine. I haven't read it. Um, and, and it's just, I think it's something that we, we haven't uh, uh, put off to the side. But in terms of the debate, look, when you're, I know from the military, when you're over the target, that's when you're taking flack. And if you look really in the last six to nine oh, months, yeah. I've been military. more attacked than anybody else. Biden, <laughs> Harris, the media, the left, I feel other like Republican the candidates. and Four times indicted president is know, probably uh, more attacked than threat. So we view it as positive feedback. We'll be ready to, uh, to do what we need to do to deliver our message. But we absolutely expect that and we'll be ready for it. And that means punching back. It means it means yes. It means defending ourselves, but more importantly, showing why we are the leader to get this country turned around. Mm. Yeah, uh. it's there's so much. That, first off, Ron, how many times did you take flack in the Navy as a lawyer? Bro. That's my like, first. I was like, uh, yeah. <laughs> over the combat line, uh-huh. eh? Yeah. Uh huh. Okay, Ron. Um, mm. Wild time sure, to bring buddy. that in, but yeah. 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 He is grinding his fucking teeth. So the reason that the thing he's asking about is I mentioned that his campaign is broke. His super PAC has a lot of money, but you cannot coordinate directly between a campaign and a super PAC. So he had his super PAC put together his debate prep list, like his his debate prep instructions. Mm -hmm. But the super PAC can't send those to the campaign. What it can do is put them up in a website in a way that's technically publicly available Right. And then they can say, and that's how we got it. Right. Mm -hmm. They published this publicly. Now, there's ways to do that where it's not obvious, but like people found it and published his debate prep instructions, which are mostly really like it's do not attack Trump ever. You know, never say anything bad about Trump (laughs) when you're up there. (laughs) Sounds like he's going to fight back real hard. Viciously attack, ignore Trump and viciously attack Vivek Ramaswamy Ooh. by calling him. And, and it, it like this is the saddest part. It's like you got to give him a, a Trump style nickname to attack yeah, Vivek Ramaswamy. Vivek the liar. What? Oh my god! Terrible. Oh, Terrible. don't even try. Yeah. No. You know what Trump would call Vivek? I don't think anything. I think he would basically ignore him because he's not a serious threat. He would yeah, go after Ron. De- he would be calling Ron uh, DeSantis. Although, fucking putting Ron. And if he every did, it second. might be a little racist. Might be a little racist. There's a, there's a chance, yeah. but um. Oh, Vivek it should be uh, It is Vivek. Uh, he Vivek? has made clear. It, is it, is it rhymes with oh, fake. He's rapped about it. Cake. Okay. That's, uh, that's he's rapped, don't worry. He, he's rapped about it. You'll see. Is he, it's great. <laughs> is like is he well known as a liar on the right? Like what, that's like, so that's weird, right? Like. Because he's like he the things Vivek says are like weird like misunderstandings of how the government works and yeah. like wait you want to do this with the gut go- like what are you talking about man I, but he's not a liar I think no, so not- th- there's this fundamental misunderstanding about why Trump's nicknames are effective and they are effective because they get at what most people have as like a primary complaint about a dude in a very like succinct way. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Jeb Bush is like the son of a president who was like the kind of evil genius political manipulator and the brother of a president who was like the super charismatic political candidate. Right. Yeah. And he just was absolutely bland by comparison. Low energy Jeb. 
right? Low it's the thing he's, he's desperate. Like, it's the thing that hurts him the most, right? Like he knows that about himself. Ted Cruz, lion Ted. You call Ted Cruz a liar because Ted Cruz is a fucking liar, a liar. And everyone exactly. knows exudes, it. He exudes lies out yeah. of his pores. Yeah. He sweats right. lies. You, if, you can like, tell. My he just guess talks like a liar. Yeah, exactly. for the Trump. If Trump was going to do a nickname of Vivek, is uh, is nobody, nobody Vivek, right? Like, yeah, yeah, he's yeah. nothing. He's not. He's nada. Right. He's he's a zero. You know, um, because he's, he is a zero. Yeah, vapid Vivek. You know, something yeah. like that that gets at his like that. He's he's not a serious candidate. He's just right? there for his books yeah. and stuff, and that's you know. Yeah, vapid Vivek. That's a good one, Katie. You don't call him Vivek the liar because like. That's not it. Like, there's that doesn't get you anywhere. Anyway. Also, blank the blank is yeah. not some. It's not the. That's not the um the structure. Yeah. Of the nicknames. Also, yeah. like yeah. I, yeah, I think Vapid's a good one, Katie. That might Vapid, be the Vapid Trump Vivek. Uh, Rapid Vivek. Rapid. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Guy, guy who wants to raise the voting age to twenty five. Vivek. Sure. Vivek. <laughs> Vivek. God. I think we need to lower the age to rent cars mm. to 18. 18. Uh, oh. Yeah. And I also think we need to lower the drinking age to 18. Um, as long as you're buying your alcohol in a rented car. That's my argument. Okay. Uh-huh. Do you have to drink it in the rented car? And drink it while driving in the rented car? No, no. That would be ir- irresponsible. I okay. just wanna, okay. It's kind of like how in <laughs> Texas you can buy liquor at a drive-thru, but only if they put a piece of tape on it. That's the, that's, that's the kind of situation Arizona, I like to create. Apparently. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's glorious. 64-ounce margarita in your truck the size of a Sherman drive- battle tank. Literally a drive-thru liquor store. And you're like, yeah. It's called, it's called States it's, Rights. It's so funny. Right. <laughs> it's the it's best important. thing Texas does. <laughs> and like now that I know it exists, I don't want to get out of my car and no. To get booze. I just like a peasant? drive up someplace. Like a, a poor? Peasant. No, absolutely like not. Poor. Yeah. Anyway. That's a good luck, good luck to Ron yeah. uh, on oh, Wednesday evening when he yeah. is not allowed to talk about Donald Trump yeah. in any way. Good luck to Ron the day before this episode will drop. Uh, yeah. Hope you yeah, all enjoy exactly, it. Yeah. yeah. Well, all thanks right. for having us. This yeah. is thanks fun. for having us. Yeah. Per usual. Do you want to do your plugs, uh, Katie? We've got shows. We sure do. We'd love for you to listen and watch those shows. We have a YouTube channel (laughs) called Some More News, and you can watch videos, but we also have a podcast called Even More News, and we also have the audio from the YouTube channel in that podcast feed, so it's like there's two different shows in the podcast feed. Check Mm -hmm. it out. You'll get it. Check them out. Patreon. And Cody, you have a band. Oh, that's so true, Sophie. Oh my God, what a great point from Sophie once you do again. Have a band. Absolutely. Uh, it's, my band is called The Hot Shapes. You can find them on Bandcamp and SoundCloud, and maybe streaming where you stream songs. I think I tried to do that. I don't know. Check it out. And Robert, you Check have a out. you have a yeah. book. I, I I do have a book. It's it's called After the Revolution. Uh, you can buy it anywhere books come from. And, you know, what else I have is a lot of love in my hearts for my co-hosts and and my producer who listened Mm -hmm. to two hours or so of Ron DeSantis. And if you at home are feeling kind of bummed out about this, go go on Twitter and find the clip of him in that interview we just played next to Homelander. 
uh, both oh making God. the yeah. same, the same like <laughs> roiling <laughs> facial just, features. Oh, just it's not even breaking bubbling down. under the surface. It is yeah. the surface. It's the bubbling is the surface. It's one to one. I've also never seen like I don't think I've ever seen somebody grind their teeth. Uh, like so yeah. visibly, yeah. But like no, you're you're also baring your teeth. Yeah, you're baring your teeth and you're grinding them. Usually, like no tight he, lips. You you keep it down. You you clench he them. Didn't, he didn't seem to be handling things well no. in that no. clip for no. for the past years. But um, yeah, no, he is anyway. grinding and baring and gnashing and rending and tearing. Yeah, is that something from where the is that a quote? I made it up. The Stop talking, the Katie. The gnashing of the teeth. Yep. Bye. I'm just going to stop talking. Bye. <laughs> Behind the Bastards is a production of Cool Zone Media. For more from Cool Zone Media, visit our website, coolzonemedia.com. Or check us out on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes 3 extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.